Welcome to the ASA podcast by Dr. Chris Keel. This is kind of a first. I hope this proves useful to you. We're going to be doing a series of these in the weeks to come. Each one of them will have a slightly different topic, sometimes a radically different topic. Uh, this particular one is going to look a little bit at the oil markets. These are, of course, very interesting to people in the supply business in the ASA membership. And it's also one of those sectors that has a great deal of influence on the global economy. It would be nice if we had some real sense of how that market was behaving, but if you've been watching it over the last several months, you know that that's become a near impossible task. As I mentioned on a webinar that we did recently, oil is a kind of unusual product. It's not something that is particularly responsive in a weird way to price. It is an elastic good, meaning that people use what they use. Elastic goods are the types of things that people buy more of. If the price goes down, they buy less of it. If the price goes up, but oil is an inelastic good. It doesn't really respond that way. People use it because they have to. They're going to be traveling, they're going to be flying in airplanes, they're going to be driving trains. All of these things require oil, require gasoline, require fuel, and the consumption doesn't really react that much to price. As of the time of this podcast, the price per barrel, at least for West Texas Intermediate, was around 40 bucks. It's been hovering in that range between 40 to 45, occasionally getting a little bit higher, getting a little bit lower. There has been some good news in terms of production decisions. OPEC is no longer talking about restricting production, trying to drive prices up, because the real issue is demand. It's not really responding necessarily to production decisions. There have been steps taken by some of the oil producers that would ordinarily have driven price in a particular direction. Whenever you heard OPEC or Russia or anybody else for that matter talk about production cuts, it would generally result in higher oil prices. That hasn't really happened this time because everyone is still keying off demand. The big demand factors are obviously transportation, but within transportation, it's primarily maritime, it's the rail sector to a degree, and then you get into passenger traffic and trucking and the like. But it's been maritime that has been sort of driving the the price demand into kind of lower levels. A lot of the world's cargo fleets are idled for one reason or the other. Something like 40% of global cargo is stuck because sailors can't get into ports that have been quarantined or their ship has been quarantined. We're looking ahead to recovering demand, but it looks like it's going to be fairly slow. The assessment as far as the markets are concerned is that prices are probably going to stay in that 40 to 50 range unless there is some major recovery. And that's something we kind of expected to see in May and June. Remember the May rebound we were supposed to get? We haven't seen it. It is now the middle of July, and we're still dealing with shutdowns and lockdowns, and all of those things discriminate against oil demand. Looking ahead, the oil sector is going to continue to contract. It's going to continue to consolidate. The big news, really, out of places like North Dakota and Texas, really all over the world, has been consolidation. The smaller companies are struggling to compete 
Fracking is a great new innovation as far as oil production in the U.S., but it's also relatively expensive. And these operations can't survive when oil prices are this low consistently. They can bump along for a while in that 40 to 50 range, but would be much happier with things up around 60 or 70. As we look ahead, the two things to be paying attention to as far as demand would be China and, to a greater extent, what's happening with the United States. China will probably be the first thing that would drive oil into a better demand position. China is recovering a little faster than the U.S., at least industrially, and they may be resuming their oil demand a little bit before we do, but the ultimate arbiter of demand is still going to be the U.S. When we start seeing our transportation demands increase, I think we'll see better news on the on the oil front. There's probably going to be a reduction in the number of operating wells. Uh, there will probably be reductions in investment into the oil fields until things stabilize. Most of the feeder industries into oil are taking a bit more cautious approach. The rail sector is not as enthusiastic about what's going on in the oil fields as they have been. But we'll see. We're also going into a little bit slower time of year as far as transportation, so that's going to play a factor by the time we get into the fall. Hope you found this podcast useful and interesting. We'll be doing these as a series, things that come up that are of interest to ASA members, and I am always interested in the kind of questions you have. What we would like to do in the future is really focus on your questions. So as you think of things, please forward those to me or to Aisha Salman at ASA. The best way to reach me is to send an email to chris.keel, so that's C-H-R-I-S dot K-U-E-H-L at armadaci.com. So that's A-R-M-A-D-A-C-I dot com. And you know how to reach Aisha. Uh, She is with the ASA office. Either one of us can take those questions and translate them into a podcast. Thank you very much.